You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. In today's episode, I'm having a conversation with my friend Davida, a fellow Philly influencer and fashionista who lives the blog, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok life as Vita Fashionista. Davida also happens to be Black. We met years ago and immediately hit it off, but while we've talked about so much in our time knowing each other and as friends, we've never actually had a conversation about race. Obviously, there has been quite a bit of media attention on what's been unfolding in America after the unlawful murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and maybe the straw that broke the camel's back and really set things moving faster than ever before, George Floyd. I wanted to be able to use my platform, which in and of itself is a privilege to have, to help amplify the voice of a Black woman. Davida is one of the kindest, smartest, funkiest women I know, and one of the hardest working. So my hope and prayer is that through our honest, open, raw, and vulnerable conversation as friends, some of you listening may learn something new, may have your heart softened or eyes open, or may be inspired to become a louder voice in your own home, family, or community. Be sure to stay tuned through the episode, drop us your thoughts on social media, and without further ado, welcome to Vita. Hello, what's up, girl? I want to say thank you, first off, so freaking much for being here and for being willing to have this conversation in the first place, because I know it is not your job or your place to educate me or any other white person for that matter, and you are doing this out of the kindness of your heart and our shared desire to see black and white people come together and learn and love and grow forward. So on, on behalf of all Thrive listeners, I just need to very clearly and loudly say thank you for being here and for just so graciously and willingly fielding questions and helping me grow and helping all of our listeners grow. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> how, how are you doing and how are you feeling through everything that has been transpiring? Yeah. So I... And I would like to say to your listeners and to, you know, anyone that's watching this, um, I'm speaking on my behalf, my experience as a black person. Um, I'm not speaking for all black people because everybody's experience is different. Most of it is similar, but everybody has their own story to tell. And also, you know, Erica, like she said, Erica and I are friends. Erica and I have had some conversations Earlier this week, you know, she's reached out to me. So I know how people are and how people will think. And, you know, even when you're trying to do the good, somebody will, you know, try to come in with a nasty comment, but it's not like that at all. It's just a genuine one-on-one conversation between two friends and you guys just happen to be listening. So I just wanted to share that and just throw that out there. (laughs) But yeah, um, like I said to you earlier when we talked, I think I'm doing a little bit better today. It's still, it's a lot, you know. Um, you know, you see it, I feel like I'm just seeing what I've been seeing my whole life in my face 24 seven as of late. So yeah, it's a lot. Um, and I've been trying to like listen to some friends because they're like, Hey, look, if you need to log off social media, log off, it's a lot going on. And I, I, I don't even think I was realizing how much it was affecting me. Um, and then I started getting chest pains the one day and I was like, okay, time to, time to log off. But definitely feeling better. I, I'm a very optimistic person and I can only hope for the best. Um, even people when you're like, Oh, how do you know what their intentions are? I'm still hoping for the best, hoping that they are trying to learn, you know, not just right now, but continue continually learning. Like it's not a one-off, you know what I mean? This is every single day and we have to do better on social media. Yes. So before we dive into all of the heavy stuff too, tell us about you also. Like give us your story of who you are and what you do because you do so much <laughs> so that the Rise listeners can really get an inside peek at Vita Fashionista. <laughs> I do. I do a lot. I call myself the self-proclaimed queen of doing the most. 
Oh yeah. Um, so who am I? I'm Davida. I'm from Coatesville, Pennsylvania. It's about 45 minutes from Philly. Um, I've lived in Philly for since 2012, I think. Um, and what else? I have a brother, one brother, one sibling, one brother, my parents, um, they've been married for 36 years, I think. Um, I have a huge family. I grew up doing sports. I started ballet when I was three. I started tennis when I was four. I was in Girl Scouts. I did jump rope competitions. I sing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was in the choir. Um, I play instruments. So I'm a very well-rounded person. Yes, I play the piano. I was dying when you got your piano. I was like, oh my God, dreams do come true. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a jam session. <laughs> yes. So I played the piano. Um, my parents put me, they uh, sent me to, actually my church paid for my piano lessons um, because on Sunday services, I used to, you know, get on the piano and just like, you know, tickle the ivory and um I started learning music by ear and you know a lot of people were like how hard that is and I was like I, I don't think it's hard at all like you just hear it and then you you hit the key so they wanted me to be better than just hearing it by ear so they put my church sent uh me to piano lessons and what else I played the flute and the clarinet in school um, I started off playing the flute and then I got bored playing the flute. So I was like, I want to play another instrument. So I started playing the clarinet cause it's like the recorder, very similar, uh, the notes. So I played the flute and clarinet in school and then I played the drums in church too. Fun fact. But yeah, I, I'm a pretty well-rounded person. I love Michael McDonald. <sighs> what? Love him. Love. Yeah. So I love music. All of it. And you've got your sassy cat, Stevie Nicks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have <laughs> – let's continue. So I got married yeah. in 2018. My husband's name is Sheldon. He's awesome. We have a cat. Her name is Stevie Nicks, like the musician. She's hilarious. Um, I have my fashion lifestyle blog, which is Vita Fashionista. I also founded the Philly Influencer Mixer, which is an influencer network for – Philly area bloggers and influencers. Um, I do some fashion corresponding on TV. So check those local television channels. You might see me on there. <laughs> I'm a stylist, fashion stylist. Uh, I do a lot, guys. I told you. Doing the most. Literally. I danced for the Sixers. Oh, my God. Danced for the Sixers oh. for seven years. How would I forget about that? I'm like, keep going. Keep there's going. A lot, no, there's, no, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. But, yeah. Oh my, and they're like the sickest TikTok transitions out of oh, maybe anybody that I know. I love TikTok. I love it. I remember when we were first talking about TikTok forever ago, and I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to get into it, like, whatever. And you were like, no, this is really cool. Like, I stay tuned. And now here I am being like the old grandma. Girl, it's so <laughs> addicting. It's so fun, though. And I think TikTok, like, whatever people want to say about it, it was like, a breath of fresh air especially with the pandemic and it's been so cool to also see how a lot of families have come together on tiktok i love it oh, yeah some of the family accounts are my favorite they're so funny i know i love the um the boomer tiktoks like our parents and stuff some of them are my favorite accounts to follow absolutely oh they're funny all right so this is a lighthearted transition right us about your life and experience as a black woman in America today? So I'll definitely say that being a black woman is nowhere near as hard as being a black man. Like being a black man, like prayers up every day for my husband, my dad, my brother, cousins, uncles, everyone. Like, but for me personally, like I said, I'm speaking on, on my experiences. I, like I said, I'm a very optimistic person and um, I think that I, I try not to dwell on the bad. I try because what do they say? And I'm a, I love the secret. So, um, what is it? Energy, attention goes where energy flows, mm -hmm. something along those lines. So it's one of those things with me being a black woman in America, I see things every single day, but 
I'm just one of those people that I don't choose to always speak out on it. Um, and some of the things, it's like little things that I'm just like, it, I don't need to speak out on. But then again, like now seeing how I see so many more people speaking out, that could be part of the problem is that, you know, I'm not speaking out on the things that I see. Uh, I would say that there's lots of things that people don't know that goes on because I feel like a lot of black people don't want to feel like we're complaining, even though people don't realize it's, it's, we, we have a reason to feel the way that we feel. You know what I mean? Um, we know that there are so many things that are just downright unfair. I mean, even down to like, I didn't get a promotion and secretly in the back of your mind, you're like, Oh, it's cause I'm black, but you'll never actually know the truth because you're not allowed to discriminate outrightly. You're not allowed to, but you know, we'll never know that. Um, I definitely, and then I think on top of, on top of being a black woman in America, add being in front of like the public, being an influencer, add that on top of that, because then that's a whole other level because now you see you're not just getting discriminated on everyday people by everyday people, but by brands. You know what I mean? Um, there'll be a brand that may reach out to you and they'll pay you for something. And then they may reach out to me and say, oh, well, we're just doing product for trade. And you know, I may say, hey, well, do you have money in your budget? Well, we don't, we'll just see how it goes. You know what I mean? And it's very interesting when you have those conversations with like your black friends that are influencers or whatever, and be like, hey, like, let's just be transparent for a second. Um, we'll just take, we'll say Fashion Nova. I don't even know. Fashion Nova reached out to you and you'll be like, oh, I'll be like, oh, they reached out to me too. And I'll say, hey, did they offer to pay you? And you're like, yeah. And I'll be like, they didn't offer to pay me. They said I might get exposure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just think that um, back to what you said, being a black woman in America, you see things all the time. It's just like whether you choose to draw attention to it or not, I guess. I don't know. I know you have more questions that I can elaborate on this more so you guys can understand what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, so you, so it's safe to say, I guess then, that you feel like people think of or do treat you differently because you are black. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, like even, you know, I might go to an event and it may be lots of white faces in the events and you know somebody will give me the side eye and like why are you here and you see it but you're just like i'm not going to be the angry black woman but as people are seeing more black people coming out and telling their stories you kind of can understand why you know i could be the angry black woman like this has been going on for too long and it needs to stop Absolutely. So have you ever experienced then racism firsthand? And can you, if you'd be willing, would you mind sharing about it or telling us about it so that anyone listening can, can try to understand or like begin to sort of see what sort of shit, for lack of a better word, yeah. actually happens today in yeah. 2020 and in the 21st century? Um... Gosh. So the interesting thing is, is I'm not trying to put anybody on blast. So we'll just keep it like X, Y, Z. Um, there was, how am I going to say this? There was a certain publication that I was supposed to be published in. Um, and they reached out to me. I was fine over here on my own. They reached out to me and um, they were like, hey, we want to feature this. Make sure you have all your photos, send them to us and we'll run the story. And then next thing I know, and it's, it's, it's a very whitewashed publication. Next thing I know, hap the event happens. I get all my pictures back and everything, send them to them. They sent me a whole like Google doc of questions and answers and I send it to them and they come back and they're like, 
mm, you know what, your photos aren't editorial enough, which I was just kind of like in the back of my mind, because I think every black person, when you get turned down from something, the first thing in the back of your mind is, is it because I'm black? Like I said, because outright discrimination isn't right, you'll never actually know that. But in the back of my mind, that was the first thought that came to my head. I, Cause I'm like flipping through and I'm like, well, I see this person and I see that person and that wasn't an issue. But now all of a sudden my stuff's not editorial enough really, like I'm confused. Um, it basically was a waste of, it was a waste of my time. It was a waste of my money. And I just kind of went my separate ways from them. But that was just like one thing, um, growing up, I mean, there, there's been instances where I told you, I grew up dancing and kind of like in the whole theater role or whatever. So, um, there's been many opportunities, positions, roles that I was turned down for because I was black, but no one will ever say that to me. You know what I mean? Um, someone thinking that like somebody following you in a store, you did it. I'm, I'm a fashion blogger. I shop all the time. You know what I mean? Getting followed around in the store. Um, or somebody looking at you coming out of your car, looked at me coming out of my car. Like, is that your car? Or, oh my God, one time I was driving in a neighborhood and I got lost and turned around and like people were looking at me like, like I'm scoping out their house and don't, don't even get me started on the fact that as bloggers, we take pictures. So most of, I take a lot of my own photos. I had this one lady, not, she up the street, um, <clears throat> never saw her again, but I was taking photos of myself and she came over to me. I was in my car. She tapped on my window. I rolled my window down. I was like, yes. She was like, do we have a problem here? I was like, what do you mean do we have a problem here? Mind you, I lived around the corner. And I was like, what do you mean do we have a problem here? And she's like, um, well, you were just taking pictures of my dad's house. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know what you think you're doing here. And I was like, I wasn't taking pictures of your dad's house. I was taking pictures of my house, but I'm gonna need you to back away from my car and I'm going to go now. Like, just like ridiculous things like that. Crazy. Mm -hmm. And how, how do you typically, I guess, oh my gosh, the fact that you even have to say typically is so sad and shameful, but what is like your go-to response? If you have a go-to response for something like this, you know, like, I feel like everyone, I'm guessing everyone responds differently to this sort of thing, especially yeah. It's so personal and it's so yeah. aggressive and wrong. Like, do you feel like, do you shut down or do you, is your gut instinct to come back at people? Do you think everyone handles it? I'm sure everybody handles it differently, but like. Everybody handles it differently. Um, I'm not, you're, um, I don't usually like clap back at, at people, um, not right away and maybe not at all. Um, Cause it's almost like, it's really sad to say this, and like I said, I'm speaking for myself, but it's almost like I don't wanna be, like I said, I don't wanna be seen as the angry black chick, which is so unfair. Like I shouldn't be treated unjustly right. and feel like I have to sit there and take it, but like that's the one thing that you'll know. And and you, me sharing with you my experiences of for like firsthand racism i can't even tell you the amount of times that it's happened because i think i just became so conditioned to just being like that's how it is you know what i mean like growing up we were told black people not black people like my parents were like you know you'll always have to work five times harder and even when you do that you still may not even get the recognition that you deserve and that's just the way it is should it be like that? Absolutely not. But you get conditioned to certain things happening. So you hear things and you're just like, and me, I just kind of just turn the other cheek. Now, if it was one of my cousins <laughs> and they were there and they heard something, somebody might be in jail. <laughs> but like I said, everybody handles it differently. And that's what, what I think is important for especially white listeners to get from that too is I feel like especially over the past couple of days I see a lot of people who 
maybe don't understand what it means when people say black people have been oppressed for so long because in their heads they think it ended with slavery or like no we can't possibly be racist slaves don't exist anymore well we've been we've been technically free for what 30 years right so like it's been a long time that's it like people forget that what you everything that you just described is a form of oppression it's like you have to walk around filtering how you respond to assholes in the street that's not how is that the right way to live your life or how is that you're not even you don't even feel like you are free to speak your mind and rightly defend yourself against awful people because you're afraid of how that will impact you in other ways because of the color of your skin it's like that is oppression right there too like and And that's every single day every single day you have to like you feel like you have to toe the line every day imagine how god how exhausting it must be for you and for any other black person literally just filtering yourself in every encounter with people that you don't know or with white people where you're not sure how they're going to be or just anything where you're like having a guard up or having a filter on because you're never you never know when someone's going to like judge you for something Mm -hmm. it's just like i feel like people don't think of it like that and all of the ways that it occurs in what might seem to them as simple or trivial but have such deeper roots that are like that are dead and it's and it's everywhere it's like you know you go to a you go to a nice restaurant and you may get a server that automatically assumes because you're a black person that you can't afford your meal or that you you're not going to tip them something like that you know what i mean what happens to you how how are they acting to you like how do you know what kind of I think, like, what kind of, do they have microaggressions towards Body you? language. Like, how do you know? Body language. Like, you would tell them, they're like, yeah, this is yeah. weird. It's, it's all body language. It's in tone. Um, I remember one time I was out with an ex of mine, and we were out at a restaurant. I actually haven't been to that restaurant since. I was like, oh, I'm done with you guys. Done. Mind you, like, my family had been going to that restaurant every year for Mother's Day. And I was like, nope, done with them. They saw us, the server saw us. And I, and I don't know if I, I didn't say this, but I was also a server and bartender for years. And for me, money's green. There, you know what I mean? Money is green. My, me, black person, my money is just as good as you white person's money. So we sat down and the server came over and you could just tell that they were just like, and they were kind of just very nonchalant going over the menu and they didn't even tell us about specials because it was like, well, you're not, you can't afford the specials anyway. They, and like kind of would just like throw our food down. Um, didn't give us like simple things like, Hey, can we get napkins? And everything was like, and that type of thing. Now here's, and this is, and I think this could be with anybody when you just get bad service. Now, what do you do? Do you feed into what they were thinking of you? And do you not tip them because they gave you bad service? Or do you over tip hoping that they're like, I was a complete a-hole and they still tips me well, you know what I mean? So actually what I did was I called the manager over and I said, I just want to let you know that I've worked in the service industry for years. I'm not tipping your server because not because I couldn't afford it because they made that decision when we came in here, but because of the trash service that I just received. So you can relay that to your server. You know what I mean? But like, I shouldn't even have to do that. Like I have to justify, Hey, just let you know, I planned on tipping, but like that, come on, this shouldn't even happen in the first place. And the thing about some, as you're saying all this, it's just immediately making me think of, it's like, that is, that's part of white privilege because the fact that you have to have that thought that it's because of the color of my skin that I'm being treated like that. It's like, if I were to go to a restaurant and someone was treating me like garbage, I would just be able to assume that maybe they're just having a bad day or like whatever. But you have this added layer of stress and thought where it's not, it might not be that. It might be because they're a racist or because they have these preconceived notions that are incorrect 
And it's like, I can't imagine how stressful that is for you to just have that added thing on everything, like on everything that you do and everywhere that you go. It's like, it's not just a, oh my God, it's just like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's crazy because, you know, for me growing up, and I hate when people say I don't see color, but for me growing up, my parents was like, you know, treat everyone the same, <laughs> see the color, see the person for who they are, but you know, treat everyone as equals, e but they won't treat you as equal. And that's like, that is a hard pill to swallow. Cause you're just like, wait, what? And you usually don't get it until you, until you see it really. It's crazy. Can you explain to everybody what white privilege actually means? Because I know like there was an analogy that I heard last week that made it all really click. Um, but it's one of those things where like, I'm ashamed to admit that as a 26 year old woman in America, it was last week and the week before where the term white privilege really clicked for me. So it's like, I want everyone to be able to hear it from you and yeah. not, not just the the little analogy that worked for me. Yeah. Well, people, I don't even know where it came from. And I guess it's just the word privilege, period. People just assume that privilege has to do with money. And it doesn't have to do with money. And especially when it comes to someone saying white privilege, it's just the fact that, you know, you're privileged enough to go for a jog and not be afraid for your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. And that was, that was, how I used to think of it. And that's, I think, probably where a lot of white people made you go wrong in terms of like, for me, our family didn't have a lot growing up. So, I mean, my parents qualified for food stamps at one point. So I used to have a pretty visceral reaction to the term white privilege because I would always, I would always say, me, privilege? Uh, no, we, my clothes are all hand-me-downs. I shopped the Walmart clearance section. Like we had name brand cereal that was like designer in our house. So I was like, White privilege, no, that's, and I was totally missing the point that it, it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you've had a hard in life to go through economically or whether you haven't, it doesn't matter if you've had trauma of any sort or if you were bullied for something else. It's like, it's solely pointing to the fact that because of the color of your skin, that is not an added thing to your own yeah. personal laundry list of difficulties in life. And that like, I mean, I thought of it too. I was like, I think of all my all of my friends who have black husbands, and I was thinking of it, and I was like, you know, Jamie could wear his favorite black hoodie and his favorite black joggers, and he can go for a walk around the neighborhood or go to the grocery store, and people will just look at him and be like, oh, just the average white guy getting his groceries or going for a walk around the block. And it's like, if your husband Sheldon did that, and wore a black hoodie and black joggers and went for a walk around the block or went to the grocery store. I would be mad that he returns back. Exactly. Like people would look at him as if he was a threat or like they were in danger. And it was like that maybe I don't know why, maybe just because it was a personal thing or personal reference. But I was like that clicked for me because I was like, that is white privilege because there is nothing different between these guys besides the color of their skin. And they can do the exact same activity and be treated completely differently. And that, how messed up is that? And just think of, and I, it's funny, I, like I just chose, I don't even want to say her name because I, I don't remember her name. But like that lady that called the cops on the, the guy that was watching the birds in the park. That was. And she used the triggering words that she knew, she knew, she knew if she said an African-American man, they were going to come with gunslinging. That and that is somebody you know better. And that is another instance of, that's a horrible instance, but someone using their privilege because they knew what would, what could happen. And that's why it's like, you're sorry is falling on deaf ears. No one cares. You're trash. Yeah. That, oh my gosh. And that's like that, what that lady did was, weaponizing her I yes heard, i heard it worded yeah. that and i was like it made so much sense she weaponized her whiteness and made it a thing when like anyone who saw the video was probably appalled as they should be because it was 
That's literally, that was all she did. She literally weaponized her skin color against this completely innocent girl watching guy, and it was nauseating. So, white privilege. That right there. Can you share with everyone, you and I were talking last week, and um, you said to me that honestly, simple analogies help people get it, because, and I was telling you how I, I was ashamed that it had taken me this long in my life and like analogies to get something that's so important. And you said you were like, you were saying that, well, racism is, it doesn't make sense. So sometimes it takes analogies and these other things to help us get it because it might seem black and white, but it's not necessarily just black and white because at its core, it doesn't really make sense. So can you yeah. reiterate for listeners what you were telling, what you were saying to me along those lines and how you, broke it down like that because I think it it helps me see why mm -hmm. so many other people might struggle getting it um, or might miss points because, I mean, it's not necessarily black or white, pun intended, yeah. you know, and it's it's complex. Yeah. Um, oh, and then just one more thing on white privilege. Yeah. The fact that people are becoming aware of what's going on right now. And there's still people out here that are using their platforms the absolute wrong way. Absolute wrong way. Like you are supposed to be bringing attention to this. You know what I mean? And you're just going along with it because it's trending. Because that's your privilege, but I'm black all day, every day. When this isn't trending, quote unquote trending, I'm still black, I'm still here. I still have the same issues. But um, the analogy that I said, so I was just like, I was saying to you, you know, imagine having to explain racism to a kid. Kids are very literal. Kids, they don't understand things when you, when it's something that's so, there's so many levels to racism and having to explain that to them. So they don't understand. They don't, under, they, they don't understand, you know, you can read them all the books and it'll take a while. But I think from a kid's standpoint you know for your parent to sit you down and say hey you know i just want to let you know that there's going to be times when you and mikey down the street are playing but you may not be able to play with mikey all the time because of the color of your skin and a kid that's a lot to throw on them and then the kid may be like but what if i have a ponytail can i not play with them because it I always, and like I said, this is me, Davida. This is my opinion. This is not, I'm not speaking on behalf of black people. But for me, it just always, it, it doesn't make sense. My, my, like, like we are people, you know what I mean? Like your blood's red, my blood's red. And all of a sudden I can't, I'm less of a person because of the color of my skin. I told you my nephew, I was ready to raise hell my nephew came, he was crying to me and he's like a kid in his class made fun of him cause he's brown. My nephew's seven years old. And I had to explain to him like, like it's horrible. And I wanted to fight the kid, <laughs> but it's just, a, it's, it doesn't for me. And I don't know, I don't know how other people feel, but I, it doesn't make sense. Why? Why? And what's crazy about it too is it's like you think about kids that get bullied for all sorts of reasons in elementary school, middle school, and it's like I feel like the majority of people can look at kid bullies and call it what it is and be like, this is bullying. It's senseless. It's ridiculous. It's and there's like it's a problem with the other person, not with the victim. And mm -hmm. Why does that, why does that mentality not carry on through adulthood? And why does that mentality not apply more for the color of your skin too? You know, like why, this is what is so crazy is it's like there are people who, who accept or who let people in their own lives and in their own communities get away with racist comments instead of because calling, calling it out. It starts at home though. And they're right. taught that. And as a kid, you know, kids are impressionable. That's, that's all they know. 
you know, like the same as a, a kid that grows up being a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> but that kid, you know, what do they know about the Cowboys? You know, you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. What do you know about the Cowboys? But they're raised that way. And right. the same way, and, and they, they think, <laughs> they think that's right. But same thing goes along with that. Like they, they think that it's right. They think that it's okay. And then when you have black people that have become tolerant of the nonsense that goes on every day and don't speak up and don't call out the microaggressions and the things that they hear, like you almost accept it, you know, no one's, no one's calling it out. No one's speaking out. No one's speaking up. So give us your honest thoughts on the Black, like, the Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. and why it's important to say Black Lives Matter instead of All Lives Matter. Because I feel like this is something that you see people go up in arms against each other out on social media where people just aren't getting it. Mm -hmm. And I admit I was one of those people before who didn't truly get why it's important to say Black Lives Matter and not just all lives so can you and it's it's insane because like i said i had to log off a couple of times this week because you you still keep seeing people that they're they swear they're doing their best and then they just hit you with the all lives matters comment you're just like and you still don't get it and even when i explain it you're not even taking the time to take it in and even realize it i've given you the resources i've wasting my time basically and, and you're like are you even listening so black lives matters it's important to say black lives matters because all lives don't matter until black lives do and people are like oh people everyone's just saying that like no that's the truth that's the truth and the people that are saying all lives matter they think that they're doing some sort of service by being like oh no race has no color everyone matters all our, our souls are all the same color like no the reason why so when people throw in all lives matters it almost it's such a slap in the face because it's like you're so it it feels like you're so bothered by the narrative and by the word black that you want to insert yourself and make this about you and it's not about you like accept accept that for five minutes it's not about you you know what I mean? Absolutely. And Black Lives Matters is supposed to, and, and people, the media has turned it into something that it's not. You know, everyone's reporting about the violent protests and about the looting and about everything because they're focusing on the wrong things. Like Black Lives Matter, and I don't even know who said it, but basically every, people think that it's like a radical group that spews violence and hatred when it's like, no, that's not it at all. It's about justice. It's about equality. Like, why is that so hard for people to understand? Why is it so hard? It's crazy. And when I, it, it seems like when people are saying, no, but all lives matter, it's like, it's like, part of me wonders if people all of a sudden feel a little bit nervous or like inferior and they're trying to like level it and be like wait 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 no we're all equal we're all equal like you're not better than me like it like it's like yeah it feels defensive because they want to be part of they they want to throw themselves in this and it's like it's not about you we are talking you you hate the fact that i'm saying black life ma that my black life matters you hate that that you're just like oh but all lives matter but does my life matter can you say that can you, can you see that? And like you said, and I, I, I've been finding as many resources as I can for people, but I told you the best resource that you can ever find is to actually talk to a black person. It's not an easy conversation. I, I don't want to be having this conversation. I've, you don't want to be having this conversation. It's awkward, but it needs, we need to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. No one knows what to say, but the worst thing that you can say is nothing. And this is and why, though, I had to thank you in the beginning, though, because I know I've seen this on social media and I've felt it myself and I'm 
guessing other people might have felt the same where you're not really sure when it's appropriate to ask a black person something or how to say it. You don't want to say it wrong. And I mean, it's true. It's not your job to educate me or to teach me or anything like that. So it's like, I don't want to put something on you or on any other black person that's not their responsibility and add to the weight or the pain of what's going on right now. So then it's like, it almost creates even more awkward tension because then white people are going around going either totally overstepping their bounds and like asking too many inappropriate questions or misusing black people as resources instead of educating themselves or not talking to black people at all. And it's like, I just so appreciate the fact that you are willing to have a conversation with me and with our listeners and just be open and honest and meet each other with grace and accept my ignorance and help me grow. And like, I mean, I really just can't take anything up for that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, another, I'm guessing you've heard this, this analogy too, but I'll share it with listeners in case it helps anybody because it really clicks for me too in regards to why it's important to say black lives matter instead of all lives matter. It's like, if you were going to a breast cancer rally and someone came in and yelled, what about prostate cancer? You'd be like, um, excuse me, uh, not the time or place. We are focusing on breast cancer awareness right now. Like, of course, all cancer is important, but the focus is breast cancer here. So like, that's that. Or like if someone had a broken bone and you go to the doctor and you say, doctor, I have a broken bone you would be pretty bad if the doctor was like, well, let's check all your bones first just to make sure. You'd be like, no, we have to focus on what's broken and help fix it and make it better. And I like that right there, that clicks for me. I'm like, well, obviously we need to lift up our black brothers and sisters right now. Black lives matter. It's as simple as that. <laughs> like period. Right. Like point blank period right there. Like, Oh my gosh. What do you think? You mentioned this earlier, so I'm really curious your thoughts. What do you think of all of the looting and the rioting? Because that was something that, I mean, I personally had grappled with that and I didn't understand that at first either and was like, this seems counterproductive. But I heard People, another... I feel like, again, especially because the Black Lives Matter movement is so like sensitive I guess we're gonna say people want people want to focus on the negative I almost feel like people don't they don't want to see a positive outcome from the movement I, mm -hmm. I, I swear they don't Do I think the looting and everything is okay no I don't think it's okay but you also have to look at it as who's looting and who's starting the riots because what the media and news is not showing is the peacefulness that's going on. Like, look at what happened in Philly. Like my friends were out there and the cops came and blocked where they were walking. And then everybody got confused because they were like, well, where do we go? And who started spraying people with tear gas? Everybody was minding their own business, exercising their rights, walking peacefully. But people don't want to hear that oh, the Black Lives Matter protest was peaceful. People don't want to hear that. They don't want to accept it. And even when they do hear it, they're like, no, nope. They have made up in their minds already what it is. And my thing is, I don't really understand why people are, and yes, the mom and pop shops, it's awful. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, I don't understand why people are so hell-bent on focusing on that when, you know, there's KKK people every single day or somebody going from Charleston shooting up the church. They're so loud when they want to make their point and people are getting offended because a store got looted. Like really, Checking really? Priorities, right? People over property. But you're, you're not mad that a person got murdered in front of your eyes. Yeah. You're just, mad about your Lululemon that got stolen. I heard someone say- And then, you, then you're like, but all lives matter. <laughs> right. 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 Oh my gosh. Right. I heard, I heard the analogy where it's people, people were talking about, think of a toddler. And if a toddler is throwing a tantrum, why are they throwing a tantrum? Well, it's because they're not being understood. 
So they're acting in a louder way to be understood. So it's like people just aren't aren't getting it. And then you're you're I mean you're absolutely right. It's it's oh God, it was I, I'm sure you've seen the videos. I saw one in particular and it was a black woman at a peaceful protest, I forget which city, and she was doing an IGTV and she was showing the whole thing. It was absolutely peaceful. It was a beautiful congregation of people coming together. And while she was filming, there were two girls that came up that were like right off her shoulder and they were graffitiing a Starbucks. And they had their masks on because of COVID, but they were not black. They were not black. And she started yelling at them. And she said, absolutely stop this. This is, this is a peaceful protest. This is not what this is about. You're not black. We don't want you doing this. And they completely didn't listen to her. And they kept on doing it. And they yelled back at her. And they were like, we're doing this for you. And they were, they were tagging Black Lives Matter. And she said, no, because you're not doing this for me. You're not listening. I'm telling you to stop. And you're still going. And when they show this on the news later, they're going to show my face with it. They're not going to show yours. And it's like, that is so heartbreaking because there are people who are aiding the destruction. And then it's not, she's absolutely right. It's not their face that's going to be on the news. It is hers. They're showing a black face alongside that as if the movement is of destruction and violence and rioting and looting. And they're not showing all of the beautiful, peaceful protests and the comings together of black people peacefully. And they won't because they don't want to. Right. It's like, oh my God. It's, it's like social media has been more eye-opening than the actual news. Because yeah. at least on social media, you're seeing like people filming in real time where there is no editing or no production totally flanking it. And like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I saw a... I wish I would have I probably saved it somewhere, but um, it was one of those things. It was like back to the riots and the looting and all that stuff. It was one of those things. It's like you said about a child throwing a temper tantrum. So black people have tried so many different ways to protest, but nothing is ever good enough. And I was like, even think back to it when Colin Kaepernick tried to silently protest by kneeling and then people got offended and then that turned into something else. It's, it's just never enough for people. Why is saying, you mentioned this briefly earlier, but I've heard this quite a bit this past week too. Why is seeing, why is saying, I don't see color of unhelpful? Like, do you find that offensive? Can you explain to people why that's not the saying saying uh, saying I don't see color for me is saying the same as saying all lives matters it's a privileged answer like wow it must really be nice for you to not see color and then you don't see color that means you don't see me see my black face <laughs> you know what I mean absolutely it's in, like and people just it's like open your ears listen listen because like i said it's not that hard yeah you're absolutely right can you explain what what a microaggression is girl <laughs> girl <clears throat> all right so <laughs> let's see um calling someone a token calling someone an oreo you're black on the outside, white on the inside. I'm black. Um, saying, and I never understood this. And I used to take it as a compliment. And then I was like, wait, isn't that, that's, that's rude as hell. Like what's going on here? People saying, oh, you're so well-spoken for a black girl. Ooh. You, you speak so proper. What? And then it really hurts my heart when a black person says it. You're trying to, you're trying to talk white. You're trying to be white. So black people aren't able to speak properly. Like we all had the same English class as far as I was concerned. You know what I mean? Like um, 
someone saying, oh my God, and this is, this has been said to me. And it was one of those things you just like, <laughs> someone saying, oh, well, you're basically white. You're not, the, you're not like the other black girls. What? That it's not okay. You know what I mean? It's not okay. And then I, I find it crazy that who was that woman that was trying to say that um, the word Karen should be used, should not be used just like they don't, like people don't want people to use the N word. I was like, did you just equate Karen to the N word? Because for years, oh, y'all been calling really black so girls Shaniquas, like Shanaynays. Y'all been calling Hispanic women Marias. Like, come on, like, let's, let's not do that. Let's not go there. Yeah, that was a thing. It got shot down immediately, though. As it should have. Holy mackerel. I did not hear that. That is insane. Oh, girl. And this isn't, this isn't um, a microaggression. This is just uh, an opportunistic person. But I went on a rant. I posted her on my stories. I did not say, I did not tag her because I was like, I will not give her the benefit of more attention. This girl had the nerve to say that the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement and veganism were the same thing. <laughs> she said, stop killing black people and stop killing animals. And see, it literally, with everything you're saying, it just like, it just hit me deeper and deeper. And like, wow, the, what a privilege to be white, to not have that, oh my gosh. Like, it, it makes me all the more ashamed to have not gotten it until this far in my life, because it's like, I've never had to experience any of that firsthand. But also think about it as people don't talk about it. I told you, like, Black yeah. people, we just sit there and we kind of just take it, and we shouldn't. It's so um, not everybody it's does. So not everybody does. But it's just, it's insane. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, oh, don't, don't speak up because you don't want to look, you don't want to look like that girl. Like, no. It's not cool. Oh, my gosh. Oh. So we kind of mentioned this earlier too, but why do this is, I'm, I think this is probably a question that a lot of white people have around this time with everything happening is why do black people say, don't ask the black person your questions about racism? Cause I've seen some people say, you know, it's, it's not, the, it's not their job to educate. It's not your job to educate. It's not, you're not my teacher. And like, I totally but, get that, but what you, I just am curious what your what your thoughts on that are because I I know I find so much value in talking to you, mm -hmm. but then I also am like I don't want to step over over the line I don't want to cross the line or like overstep my place in having that conversation with you. Yeah, but you and I have both said you know there's so much value to be had in conversations about race between black and white people so it's like yeah i don't even know if i i don't even know if i can personally answer that question because i'm just one of those people that if there's an issue like talk it out um so i can't really answer that question i, I mean like what like what can you give me an example of a question that you would ask me like regarding racism and maybe I can maybe I can figure out why that wouldn't be a good thing to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's in reference to a lot of what we've already talked about. A lot of the questions I've already been asking, because I've seen when people are asking these things on social media, if they're met with, it's not like I'm not your dictionary. I'm not the person. Like I asked you, okay, can you explain what a microaggression is? You know, I think like, that's. I think that depends on the person, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, I think that there's, there's a lot of people that are just so fed up and over it. And they're just like, people still don't get it. People right. don't want to get it. People are never going to get it. That I just think that they just don't want, they don't want to deal with it anymore. They don't want to talk about it. And it's like, you know, you told me, and, and like I said, we can, I can only try to try to meet you halfway and you know what I mean? And you have to do the rest, but some people, like I said, some people are just like, they're just over it. And it's like, you were embarrassed, you know, you're like, oh, I'm 26 and I just got it. But some people will, may also take offense to that and be like, you know what I mean? 
and I told you, I was like, I get that you said like, oh, I'm embarrassed that I just got it. But it's like, as long as you get it, you're learning and you continue learning and you don't stop and you speak out, you speak up. Like that's the only hope that I can say. But yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be able to answer that question just because that's not for, that's not what I would say to you. Right. Like if you have a question, just ask. Do you think there's a good or a graceful or a better way for people to ask questions? You know, like if there's someone where they, they have a question they really want the answer of from someone that they trust from a black person in their life mm -hmm. who they trust and whose opinion they value where they don't just want to Google it. They really want to know how this person feels, but they're afraid of getting it wrong or saying the wrong thing or anything. They don't want to offend the person. Is there a better way to ask certain questions? Or is there like, Not really. you got to like say. I think you just got to say it. It's, and this is for me. This, again, this is, this is for me. I like, I, and I kind of think of it too as this is nothing to do with Black Lives Matter, but like, you know, my one cousin is gay and I have a lot of questions regarding, you know, his community and I wouldn't feel comfortable asking somebody else. But I also, even though he's my cousin, I don't even feel comfortable asking him because I'm like, am I overstepping? And then I'm like, look, I'm just going to ask you. I, I, I just, like, there's no tiptoeing. I just have to say it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my heart's in the right place and I'm not... I'm not asking you for gain. I'm not asking you, like, I legit don't know. You know what I mean? And that's, that's how, I, how I deal with that. Somebody else, you would just have to ask, just ask them, hey, I have a question I want to ask you um, about race or about you being black or whatever. Just, just ask. Do you, do you mind if I ask you? You know what I mean? I mean, we're only gonna move forward and try to be better by, we gotta help each other. As tired as I might be of talking about it, as tired as somebody else may be of talking about it, I mean, we all know what it, did you go to, did you do premarital counseling? Yeah. Communication is like, the destroyer of all marriages besides money <laughs> so like it sucks and the i think the biggest the biggest thing is and someone some lady she commented i don't know if she commented on my post or something but she just was saying for her she's uh my parents age so she's a boomer and she was just like a lot of us boomers just kind of sat back and thought that this was it that we would die seeing the injustices that are still going on and people are like no this is not it it'll it will it ever be perfect no because people i don't know if it's human nature but people just like to have a hold on people they just like to have power over people you know what i mean yeah. so it'll never be over but if it can at all be better for you know my kids my kids kids hell yeah and you, you have, have to, you got to talk yeah do you have hope that racism could be eliminated once and for all someday or do you think that that's do you think that's possible and what do you think that that would that, that would take oh man i don't even freaking know i have no idea do I, hopeful yeah i'm hopeful when no idea no what idea. What do you think that would look like in action? I don't even know. Um, maybe the way uh, a lot of my cousins and people say that I grew up sheltered, but maybe the way that I feel like I grew up almost um, in some aspects, not my whole life. But like you walk outside and you don't feel you're being judged that eyes are on you you know you walk into a fancy hotel and you're greeted by everybody not because it's their job but because you're a person you know what I mean yeah. I don't know but like I said I'm an optimistic person and I can only hope and say yes time frame no idea yeah. next 10 years no <laughs> next 20 years probably not getting better but 
on you. It's gonna take our generation teaching our kids' generation and then their generation teaching their generation that it really, like you said earlier, starting in the home mm -hmm. and relearning all of everybody's unconscious biases and just getting every clean slate and intentionally teaching a different, a different way. How can we actively support, we as white people actively support our hurting black brothers and sisters now and always? And I mean, obviously you said right now it's trending quote unquote on social media right now, but what would active support look like that you would want to see from white people? I mean, just like speak up for us, support us, buy from our businesses, like support our movies, creators, our everything. Um, it was very interesting. And it's one of those things I was like, this is why I say ignorance is bliss sometimes because there's been so many like white influencers speaking up saying, wow, I didn't even realize I didn't follow black influencers until today. Cringe. <laughs> so cringy. Like, I'm glad you recognize it, but really girl? Like, why? Why? That's my biggest question is why. And it's, I think, I think even that's a microaggression. Sorry, the cat's freaking out over here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she, you know, but even that's like a microaggression, you know, looking at a black person, you don't say it out loud, but like you're thinking less than in your mind, you know, it's, it's crazy. And I don't know. Um, but back to how you can support, like I said, it, I think it would mean more, you know, a month, two months, a year, two years, three years down the road, when every now and then you pop up and educate somebody. It's not, why, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't have to be trending for people to educate themselves and keep sharing, you know? But it also, like I said, it comes to speaking up. If you're next to me and someone's like, oh, hey, oh, Davida, wow, you know, I saw you on, saw you on Fox the other day. You, you spoke so nicely. What, hold on, what, what does that mean? And you don't want it to get excessive and somebody just be like, no, I just said that you sounded nicely. Like, you know what I mean? But like, sometimes you just gotta call stuff out and I may feel uncomfortable doing it. Just be like, oh, you know, working with a brand and you're going on a press trip and you see all these like white faces and you're just like, where's the diversity? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even brands that like fashion brands, where's the diversity, color, size, anything, you know, just How speak up. do you want, say like, for example, say you and I are out at dinner together and mm -hmm. someone says something that's a microaggression towards you. Mm -hmm. What's a good way for me to speak up in action in that moment to defend you? Where it would be I would almost just even say that wasn't appropriate. Easy. Like, how hard is not that? causing not causing a scene. You know what I mean? Wasn't appropriate. Wasn't necessary. Is that something that you think black people want to see more of? Like white people standing up like that, or is that yeah? Because when when we don't, we don't feel supported most of the times. Yeah. And things just get swept under the rug and it's not cool. And some people like, you're like, but you saw that, right? Right. But you didn't do, uh, okay. You know, I mean, that's, it's so, it's so crazy. <laughs> like, I'm like, I could solve, I could solve it, but <laughs> people don't see it as, it's like, what are, what are we asking for to be treated as freaking people? Like you just said, saying to someone, hey, that's inappropriate. How hard is that? Like we're, we're you say it, if you see someone, if you say, if you see a, a dude on the street, yell something to a woman. Or if somebody grabs your butt right. in a bar. Right, no problem saying, hey, inappropriate. It's like, same thing. Call out the inappropriate crap when it happens. So, wow, this was a lot. I can't thank you enough for coming on answering questions so openly and sharing 
just sharing so openly with everybody listening because I really hope that it helps soften some people's hearts, open some people's eyes. It's a, such an invaluable resource for people to be able to just hear right from your mouth um, because you have a lot to say and you deserve to be heard because you freaking matter. Um, and I love you. So I just want to close out by asking you two questions that I ask everybody who comes on the Thrive Podcast. Mm -hmm. And first one being, what does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life? I'm black. <laughs> I always thrive. <laughs> strive to thrive. You know, like, little, period. <laughs> Love it. But, like, we can only, like, I'm optimistic, like I said, and... I'm just hoping that everybody, like, seriously, like, do better. Be better. We have to. Where can people find you online? Um, you guys can find me on Instagram at Vita Fashionista. Twitter's like the same thing, but there's no I. It's, it's complicated because someone else had that handle. But at Vita Fashionista, my blog is VitaFashionista.com. And all my social media handles are there, so... <laughs> and TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah, and TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much, Davida. And everyone, make sure you are following Davida because she is a light and a joy every single day. <laughs> <laughs>